Today, we've got back on the show somebody who knows all there is to know about freight forwarding, warehousing, and much more. And he's got some tips that could save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Black Box by Helium 10 houses the largest database of Amazon products and keywords in the world outside of Amazon itself. We have over 2 billion products and many millions more keywords from different Amazon marketplaces, from USA to Australia to Germany and more. Use our powerful filters to search through this database for pockets of opportunity that you might want to get into with your first or next product to sell on Amazon. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash black box. Don't forget, you can save 10% off for life on Helium 10 by using our special code SSP10. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is a show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got, for the second time back on the show, Burak from Forsket. How's it going, man? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me again. Now, where are you at right now? Are you in Miami or yes, where are you at? I'm in Miami after uh, so many different Amazon events this year, you know, January, February, March, finally uh, back to Miami and then uh, a little bit enjoying the time and then better. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's good to have you back. We're not going to have you, uh, we're not going to go too much into your backstory. Let me, let me give everybody the, uh, the podcast number that you, you were in before. So if you guys want to find out more about Brock's, uh, origin story, uh, go to episode 324. So h10.me forward slash 324. Let's just hop right into it. You know, now we're, we're in the middle almost of 2023, you know, kind of COVID is a thing of the past, you know, even China's opened up uh now again but what what are like the main main kind of topics in the shipping industry you know have, have prices been been pretty steady uh any predictions you have what's going on here in 2023 i think you know 2021 2023 we had 2021 and 2022 we had so much conversation about um you know shipping prices the delay the congestions and so many people had really good sales numbers, actually. So they brought lots of inventory in. And then suddenly with inflation, things slowed down, right? So mainly last two years, we talked about, you know, the congestions in Los Angeles port. Some of the, yep. uh, some of the containers had to wait maybe two, three months until it was, um, you know, off the dock um, and then, you know, delivered to the destination. But recently what we're talking about is, mainly cash flow and inventory management, which is part of the supply chain, which is part of the international logistics, which is part of the successful Amazon sellers, because, uh, you know, last two years, they we had so much money in the market, so people could go and borrow as much as money they want with a very low interest rate, and they brought lots of inventory. So since the sales is down, a lot of people cannot move the inventory. So they start liquidating they try to uh, get back some money and then I think re restructure so many different things. So I think shipping is now also in our company, we're trying to put everything like, you know, puzzles together, not only the international shipping, but now we have different layers like inventory management, international shipping, uh, 3PL, and the last mile delivered to Amazon. So now it seems like getting more complicated because it's not only about finding the cheap prices or trying to book in advance, now it's about like how you manage your inventory and how you manage your money. 
Okay, so now you know it's it's been a couple months since that new inventory kind of system has gone live in in Amazon, the one where you kind of like get a heads up uh, as far as you know when you're going to be out of space. You know that was one thing that I think a lot of Amazon sellers complained about the last couple of years is they could go to sleep on Sunday and, and have maybe you know five thousand units of storage available. So you know, hey, all right, Monday I'm going to go ahead and make my 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 order, your uh, or my my uh, inventory transfer order. And send in. They wake up Monday morning, and it's like, no, you you are ten thousand units overstocked. <laughs> you, yes. you can't send any units in. So, so Amazon kind of like, all right, we'll give you more of a heads up. But at the same time, there's this new whole system where if it does seem like you're going to be out, you know, you can do some bidding um, for for extra space. Maybe you'll get money back. So it seems like it's complicated thing. But you know, you, since you you store a lot of product for you know uh, at your three PLs for a lot of Amazon sellers, what what can you say about how this has been affecting uh, your customers, if at all? Um, actually, you're right. Um, it seems Amazon also thought maybe this is not very, it's not really fair to, you know, go to overnight and then the next day you wake up and then you cannot even send, I mean, you have so much overstock, some items are not selling well, but your best selling item is almost run out of inventory. So they are not, they don't used to go like single by, like SQ by SQ. They are looking at your overall performance, but you might have some products has been sitting there a long time, and then you know you'll have like a really best one or two SKU running. So you had to liquidate or you had to take it back that the inventory is not selling. So it started it cost you a lot of money. So that's why um, I think last six months to one year we when, whenever we go to the events. I mean you also do lots of uh, you know in person events like um, big events like 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 Prosper. Now we. Are going to meet actually next week in Irvine uh, for mm -hmm. the Elite Workshop. So, so many companies they had confusion, but right now it's even kind of getting worse because um, they they think that they can um, kind of make a strategy, but they don't have the right prediction because still the market is not very um, clear what's going on. Like you know the buyer um, the buyer strategy, buyers expectations. So it is very hard. That's why. Um, so many people are more cautious right now to place the larger orders. Um, and, you know, we have so many friends now traveling to China. The main private label uh, production is still, you know, dominated by Chinese manufacturers. And even they, they complain so much that they don't have enough orders. Um, and last two, three years, we saw so many manufacturers, they moved out of China to go to countries like, I'm talking about not the buyers, but actual the factory owners in China they start opening like um, the another plans like in Vietnam, Thailand to avoid this, you know, the, the tariff additional 25% China tariff. But now even those companies regret big time because now they have additional plant that they cannot fulfill the order. So I think this is causing uh, both seller and supplier side like some pro problem with the stability. So this is causing brands to make uh you know, planning issues like inventory management issues. And it's not anymore like, you know, I think we all talking about this and it's not anymore just to put your brand on a product and then ship it to Amazon sell it. That 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 is over, right? You have to do so many different and Amazon is also encouraging to become like a brand for the sellers. Like, you know, they encourage outside traffic, they encourage um, other type of new advertisement changes. They encourage sellers to use the influencers Basically, Amazon Amazon is also changing its its business model. Absolutely, that's why they started this new program called like AWD, which is Amazon Warehouse Distribution. So you can store 
some of your um, not good selling product instead of like fulfillment centers you are kind of storing them in a different location and amazon transfers it and obviously some people test it it's not the the best operation wise because you know there are so many legs between the fulfillment centers awd or the the inventory management systems are not 100 percent um accurate so a lot of sellers they have this kind of problems but amazon is also trying to change their business model um and you know the other big brands other big uh, marketplaces are also coming into the market like more aggressively um you know we're talking we think we're talking about like you know walmart uh they become like very um active in the events they become like really active but more importantly um other e-commerce sites like tiktok they're talking about like you know uh, setting up like a a bigger marketplace uh, for third-party sellers to be more flexible so similar to shopify so i think there given there's going to be some change in the market um, obviously, like, you know, it's very hard for the end users um, to change their um, habit to buy on Amazon. And now, you know, also like they change their refund policy. So now not everything is like 100% free to return. So I think this is going to change some of the different things because the Amazon fees have increased so much for the sellers. So people start looking into the new marketplaces or new um, solutions like how they can reduce the cost. Shipping costs went down absolutely, but then you know the the sourcing prices are higher. Three PLs are very expensive, especially in California area. So I think people save in one part, but then their costs still increase. I think eventually. What what is the current going rate for like three PLs? Like uh, as you know, for somebody who's never used one before out there, um, you know the the basic the basic fees are probably you know per pallet storage per month, and then also like you know, in and out fees. Like you know, there's there's checking in your shipment, and then and then maybe you know the the fees to actually prepare the shipment and send it to Amazon. So right. what are what are the main fees now in 2023 uh, that a seller needs to keep in mind if they're considering using a three PL? In in California, you're looking at per pallet per month storage fees, something between thirty to forty US dollars. Oh wow! Uh, you know, yeah, and you know uh-huh. one of the one of the the things actually um, increase like the pallet supply fee. Actually, buying the physical pallet 40, 48, uh, 40 inch times forty eight inch uh, pallet, we used to pay before COVID five dollars, four dollars. Even six dollars sometimes for great BNC. Like the the pallets are also have like a different quality, but regular size, like not overweight. We used to pay like five to six dollars, maximum seven dollars. During the COVID, we start seeing the numbers like twenty to twenty five dollars. So that rate stay there. And square feet in California, you know, you know that it's just really expensive. The labor cost is very expensive. So this this adds up. You know, not only storing but inbound and outbound, and so many. At times, Amazon is also, if you have even a full container, one of the issues that we see recently, Bradley, is that if you have a full container order to Amazon, Amazon generally don't allow you to send them to one fulfillment center. So it means that you need to have a prep center to bring the container in, unload it, palletize them, ship to three different Amazon fulfillment centers. This cost is really high. So if now you want to deliver a full container from China to Amazon, if it is in the West Coast, you're looking at include everything, you know, the custom clearance, the insurance, the, the ocean freight and trucks around $4,000. Uh, we had a case that Amazon um, asked the seller to separate the sh- three different uh, locations. It cost them at the end like ten dollars to $12,000. So when the sellers 
I think we were going to do like a one, one maybe tip, you know, for the sellers, how to, how to save money. They, they prefer, they, they should be using a location close to where they want to ship them. We know when you create like a ship from, um, when you create a shipping plan in your seller central account, they're asking you ship from address. I recommend sellers not to use their, their uh, supplier location in China. If it is overweight, oversized, it's definitely giving you the East Coast. But if it is a regular product, it might give you more than one place. But uh, you, they, people can contact us and get our uh, location information in Los Angeles, and uh, they can use their ship from address, our location in Los Angeles, and Amazon might give them uh, a location nearby. So this could help them to sell, save some money. Okay. Now, you know, that that's actually caused a lot of issues I heard lately, the, the new send to Amazon yeah. flow that um, even – even LTL shipments, you know, not even using the, you know, like UPS partner carrier, but even LTL shipments, you, you used to create it and it would all go to to one location. Are you seeing that more that since that new send to Amazon went live, that Amazon is making sellers send to to multiple multiple warehouses more now than, than they have in the past? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think one of the reason is also they, they see that, you know, the running the business in California is really getting expensive. So I, I think they want to like move more like a Midwest or like Texas area. Um, however, you know, the 40% of the entire United States import comes through Los Angeles port. So it will never change. You know, the shipping to Los Angeles now costs like $1,600, $1,700 versus New York is like 3000 So you're looking at like 40% higher. So Amazon is changing that, yes. And one of the issues that we see is with the Amazon partner carriers, they, are, um, they have just so much to handle. So they miss so many times the pickup appointment. So if you book like an app, I mean, UPS is really expensive. If you ship, uh, what we realize is um, in our company, if you're shipping anything within California, 300 kilogram is the optimum kilogram that you should be using UPS. So if you have anything up to 300 kilogram, it's still okay to use the UPS and the, the check-in process is much faster. If you have anything more than 300, 400 kilograms, if you have anything more than like two, three pallets, yes, LTL shipments are, are fast, uh, cheaper. However, there are a couple of um, problems in here. Number one, the, the transit time. The transit time by the time the carrier comes and picks it up, picks it up from the, the 3PL until it delivers, it's not a direct truck. So it means that they take from, they collect the, the pallets from different locations, they bring it to the distribution center, and they ship it into Amazon. So there's no time frame that it's guaranteed. So, you know, we're already middle of the year. So lots of companies are actually planning their fourth quarter orders from China or domestic or from South America, Turkey. And they, they already consider what to order from China. But also when the shipment comes in, it's very important to send products to Amazon in the right way so it can check in very fast. So, you know, so many times when we do even the, the Freedom Ticket 3.0, when we record that, I explain in one of the episodes the international shipping process. So, so many people, whenever they request a price from China, they only ask what is the transit time between port to port. But so many people, they forget that there's a long process from the time we contact the supplier, get the shipping documents, until we pick up, until we load the container, it takes seven to 10 days. The same story, when the shipment arrives to the destination port, it takes three to four days to clear the custom at the destination, uh, waiting the containers become available in the terminal. And Los Angeles port still has a problem. We sometimes cannot find 
an appointment to go and arrange the pickup. So a lot of people who are not in the industry, maybe they think that, what do you mean with making the appointment with the terminal? So you cannot just show up to it like a, a container terminal saying, hey, where's my container? It doesn't work out that way. You need to track every day the, the status of the container. If it becomes available, then we need to make an appointment when we're going to go pick it up. So sometimes it takes seven to 10 days until the container becomes available. By the time the container comes into our warehouse, we, we do the prep center, send it to Amazon. It takes another 15 days. So, so many people, they think that, oh, I have enough time. So one of the questions we always hear, when is the best time to book my shipment? We always talk about like, you know, two weeks prior, one week prior at least. So they can have, they can save in that time that we are planning this international shipping better. So as I mentioned, we used to just talk only about international shipping time because, you know, the main problem was like, oh, it takes three, two to three months to, you know, uh, goes from one port to another port. But now there are like more other uh, elements coming in, such as, you know, the, the way, the, the new way Amazon is shipping uh, services. Like LTLs, you used to go one location. Now you need to use the two different, three different locations LTL. So this is like really hurting people's budgets, honestly. All right. Now, speaking of budgets and, and, and shipping costs and things, you know, like, I know if somebody books with you, you got very upfront pricing, very transparent. You know, I've used you for multiple, you know, Project X, Project 5, 5K shipments. But but whether somebody's going to use Forsket or whether somebody's using, you know, uh, a shipping company they find from Alibaba or or maybe their supplier is finding, let's let's talk some strategy here about how a an Amazon seller can make sure they're not getting ripped off. You know, so like what are the questions they need to be asking? What are the red flags? You know, like, like I remember one time I showed you how there's this one company without even knowing the the invoice price of of the shipment was already giving like, you know, quotes and things like that. Well, that's a red flag because how in the world could they give, um, you know, a door to door price when they don't even know what the invoice, you know, of the product. Right. What are some code, red yeah. flags? Yeah. What are some red flags people need to watch out for? What are the questions that sellers need to ask? What are some things that they need to to, to kind of like make sure about to make sure that they're getting a, a good deal in shipping? Um, honestly, we always talk about like, do not use your supplier's freight forwarder. In the same way, you will not use your freight forwarder to source product, right? Because it's not their core business. So they can help you maybe with that one day, but eventually when you face a problem with the, the quality problem or, you know, a packaging problem, you're not going to go and complete your freight forwarder. You need to have the direct relationship with the supplier. So same thing. Whenever you have any issue with your shipping, uh, you know, maybe the product is damaged. So you need to like have the direct communication with the freight forwarder. I think one of the things what we see is right now, that is with U.S. custom. What is going on right now? I mean, if you're selling in U.S. marketplace, uh, last two three years, there is like a huge volume coming from the Asia, and because you know, the, because of the COVID, the restrictions, the map, like we didn't. I mean, the U.S. custom didn't have maybe enough um, sources to have to regulate all this coming in shipments because the volume was almost like double, right? So this year, uh, in in like 2022, uh, December, we received a new regulation from, C, um, from the Custom Border Protection that every invoice needs to have the product picture and every invoice needs to have product material. This was not a requirement in the past. So this is exactly what you mentioned. Like if you if the freight forwarder doesn't know what's the product, what is the material made of, what is the HS code, how they can actually give you 
uh, all in DDP price because they don't even know what's the tax rate. So the red flag is one of them. Is I think you should be asking the freight forwarder if they're NVOCC licensed, which is like official uh, international freight forwarder license that they are responsible, uh, you know, in USA. When you work with a freight forwarder only based in China, if you have any problem in the custom, if you have any problem with like product loss damage, you will not have any authority to go and actually looking for your money. Right? This is number one. I think number two. So many freight forwarders, uh, they're asking, they're charging you uh, insurance, but they never share the insurance policy. If you want to ship something, the insurance is cheap. You should add it like $20, $25, $30 sometimes. It's only less than 1% of the cargo value. Uh, If they're asking you the insurance, ask for the insurance, yes. But collect your insurance policy. If there's something happens, then they will be like, oh, you know, we forget to do the insurance because insurance is something they can do backwards up to 30 days. So if something happens, you have to like deal with that. That's important. So I think the MVOCC license is one of the most important thing, your insurance policy and upfront payments. Um, you should be always negotiation with, negotiate with your freight forwarder that at least ask for the payment when the shipment arrives to the destination port. So many times we saw like cases that people come to us and say, hey, my freight forwarder wants to charge me the destination port charges because they said there's an extra fees, this and that, I paid up front. So if you pay up front, you don't have any power to negotiate because you already paid, let's say, $2,000, then I ask you like another $300, $400. And also I think like, you know, the social proof and then the, the reviews, um, there's so many like no-name companies that you should be careful about. There's one thing that also I always mention, like people's like private label products are like your baby, right? You probably day and night, you, you work on your product with your supplier, you pay the deposit, you wait, you take the pictures. And then when it comes to finally, after two, three months, when it comes to the shipping, you're like, okay, yeah, you can just sh- ship my product. But I think that you should be like more careful because either you might delay your launch if product get damaged or, you know, get lost or it's delayed or you have to pay extra fees or you might be running out of inventory in one of your best SKUs. So there are a couple of things that you should be careful about. And I think there are like more information now about training. Uh, you know, what is the best way how to ship from Alibaba? Uh, if you're a new seller, if you're a larger seller now, I think when it comes to um, shipping from China, it's more about like payment terms and, and then the right right uh, tracking. I think digitalization is getting important in the industry that manages supply chain. Okay. Now, you know, we've been talking some, some strategy and you've given some tips about, you know, saving money. When you have a, um, you know, shipment to try to try and you know set your origin address, what are some other strategies and tips? You know, whether it's about utilizing three PLs, whether it's about shipping, whether it's about taxes, any anything at all. What are some strategies, uh, some more strategies that you can give sellers that will help them save money or potentially make money even? Right. I mean, in in Forsket, uh, we ask, we actually provide free audit, free international shipping audit. So if people send us. Uh, they're like previous shipments. We can give the code. We can match them if it is possible, or we can tell them how the freight forwarder can offer such price. I think one thing is that people should be careful about the HS code. HS code is one product. HS code is if people don't don't know that um, it is every single product has um, a special code that is globally registered in the customs and. One one of our customer, we recently had this issue. They 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 order doormats, and 
the HS code the factory uses in the export documents in China should be different than the one you use it for the import. So one of them has 25% tariff and the other has 7.5% the tariff. So imagine the amount of tax you will be paying if the, the shipment is worth of $50,000 it's almost like eight to nine thousand are different. So you can always ask your freight forwarder or supplier if there's an alternative HS code. Most of them suppliers don't really tell you the difference because they want to use the high HS code for them to get the tax refund in China. We we talked about that in the last time, you know, when we were in Las Vegas. But so whenever the Chinese manufacturer they have a finished product, they can get the the VAT back from the uh, government in China. So they are using, so Chinese products also has domestic different tax uh, values. So it could be 5%, 10%, 15%. They always use the higher tax to get the money back from government because they do export. But when you import a new country, that uh, HS code can have a very high tax. So that's why whenever you collect, especially if you're shipping a full container, Ask your freight forwarder, ask your supplier to look for an alternative HS code so you can really save money on the duty and tax and which can really create which can create a couple of different dollar difference in your landing cost. So, so I think this is the one thing that you should be focusing on, checking your excuse me, checking your HS codes to see if there's any alternative. Okay. You know, um, nowadays people are are wanting more, I would think, to like maybe diversify where they get their products from. So what can you tell me? Let, let's say I'm, I'm selling in, in the USA. What What is the difference of pricing about for if I my supplier is from China or if I'm shipping from India? Uh, perhaps Vietnam is maybe number three, I think, more popular of what I hear about, you know, Pakistan. Uh, what are the differences in, in pricing um, that, that you're seeing on freight from each of these locations? Is China the cheapest because of the volume that, that happens? Are the other places getting cheaper? Well, what's going on? Actually, that's a very interesting question. We I had this conversation. Uh, one of the members was asking about they want to ship from India. But then when we calculate the shipping cost, it was not a full container. It was less than full container. And because China has so much bigger uh, volume for the shipping versus India, the shipping cost is much cheaper actually from China. And because in China, like MUCC licensed freight forwarder like us, we can um, consolidate different cargo into one container so we can really lower the cost. Uh, in India, such service doesn't really exist. So that's why we need to ship each seller's cargo individually. So their extra charges adds up, such as origin fees and the destination port fees, the, the logistic fees. So when we did the calculation, even if they find the product a little bit cheaper, the freight went up almost 30 to 35%. So I'm not saying don't go, don't look into India. Of course, just do that, but make the freight calculation before you place the order. So in that case, the, the person already placed the order from India, alternative Chinese supplier, then at the end, they ended up paying actually more for the landing cost. So, so planning is great, but same thing we see with the Mexico because the truck fees from Mexico to US is not cheap at all. So that's why so many people, they try to source from Mexico, they go look into the things. Yes, it's great. Maybe they can scalable, you know, they, they, the supplier is also the size of the supplier, I think, Bradley. Like, I mean, you know, sometimes you work with a supplier in China, and you want to expand to Shopify, you want to expand to uh, Walmart or 
it's a great idea. You should be expanding to Amazon Canada, for example. You're not selling it yet. Or Amazon it has great programs now to do the cross-border, like globalization. And they want you to go to different marketplaces. They give you, they make your life easy now. And if you want to expand to these markets, then you will maybe have like more volume. But you need to make sure, look, you know, where is your, uh, where is your source? How are you going to ship it? Do you have enough money? All these things are like really important. So before you go start sourcing, make the calculation of what's the freight cost? What is the HS code from that? So maybe you buy something from China. It has 25% tariff, like, but you go back to India, it has 0%. So even if you pay 20% more to your product plus the shipping, you still save like 5%. And I think it's a really good idea. And since China is opened, Big sellers, elite sellers, elite members, they should go back to China, discuss with, uh, you know, suppliers what happened. Because China, like Chinese suppliers, they had very tough last three years. They had very strict COVID restrictions. They couldn't travel outside of China. They couldn't go to the trade uh, shows. You know, the people like buyers couldn't go to China. I think it's very important to rebuild the relationship. Even if you cannot travel to China, if you buy like $50,000, $100,000, you know, per month, you should invite your supplier to come and visit you. So you can sit down, renegotiate the prices, see what else you can add your, you know, production line. Amazon comes up with lots of different new features like, you know, frequently added, frequently returned. Uh, So you can actually see what you can create with your supplier and that can help your business and ask for better trade terms, like better, better pricing. Not anymore like anyone's paying 30% down, 70%. You can easily get like 10 to 15% down payment and you break that into like another 30, 40% before shipment and the remaining maybe one month after delivery or upon delivery. So you can get uh, better terms. So I highly recommend if you're selling like above like $50,000 per month or even buying that much, you should go to China and visit your suppliers. Just see what's going on in the market and then try to add a couple of other suppliers in the market. Everybody is hungry right now for more business actually. Okay. All right. We'll get into uh, your last couple of strategies in a little bit, but you know, something I'm doing this, this year on the uh, podcast is um, ask a lot of people their, their health habits, you know, like health is my, my theme for, for this year. And when I talk about health, it's not just, you know, physical health, but, but mental health too. So uh, one, one thing that I always highlight is hobbies. You know, that's why at the beginning of, of all these podcast videos, I show my main hobby, which is traveling, you know, around the world. So first of all, what are your your hobbies? You know the things that you do to to kind of like take yourself away from uh, uh, you know your your day to day work and, and relax your mind. And then what are some of your your you know physical health uh, uh, habits that, that you're also doing to to keep healthy? You know, like people like us who live in a very big time zone difference with our main office China, like twelve hours, it's very hard to slow down. But that's something. Um, I also start to feel like, you know, with the events, the Amazon events, you go travel a lot, you always stay in the hotels. I think the sleep is something really important, especially for men, uh, men's health, men's mentality. Um, I actually start to, to listen more TED Talks, you know, like they are short, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. You can learn lots of different things. I love CrossFit. Uh, I'm very lucky. I live in Miami Beach. So uh, lots of people, they think that I, I could work like 1 p.m., go to the pool, but it's not really happening. I generally have like 7 a.m., 7 p.m. thing, but I go work out. I have a motorcycle. I get some air. I'm actually thinking to get a bicycle. I think I like doing outdoor stuff. It's very important. And, man, we spend so much time with our phones and computers. 
I try to disconnect from my phone at least 30 minutes before I go to bed. Um, that gives me uh, like, you know, better, maybe I go for a walk a little bit. I try to read a little bit more. Um, I always had the excuse I travel too much. So, and more importantly, um, I, I, I start cooking. I like actually disconnect with a glass of wine or a beer after the workout, do like a uh, meal prep. Uh, only the, the downside is the dishes, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit less DoorDash, a little bit more home cooking is also, I think very, uh, uh, very healthy there. Okay. Interesting. Now, now guys, if you want to get more info on, on the A to Z of shipping, all the terms and everything you need to know, uh, you know, Barack mentioned it, but, but check out week six in freedom ticket. So, so if you're a helium 10 member, you guaranteed you have access to, uh, to freedom ticket, uh, going to week six, there's multiple modules in there where he goes everything from, you know, international shipping step-by-step and and freight quote breakdowns and FBA packing requirements and this and that. Anything you need to know, you know, it's right there in Freedom Ticket. He um, he did most of the modules there. But uh, maybe something that's not in Freedom Ticket or something that's uh, that's new in the last, you know, couple months or just something that you think that sellers need to be aware about. What What, are, what is a strategy or a 60-second strategy or tip that you can give ourselves, you know, you've given us a, a number of them already in this episode. Is there anything else you can, you can um, do to educate us? Um, the one thing comes to my mind that we don't really speak in supply chain on Amazon is the digital tracking. Um, I think that's going to be the future because um, if you don't know when your shipment is going to check in, um, you cannot really manage your PPC budget. You cannot manage your coupons, deactivate, activate it. I think you should be, uh, find a way to um, see, have better visibility or international shipping. Not because we are the only company doing that in the industry, but I think it's really important because every time we go to the Amazon events, people talking about, you know, this inventory issues or they place too much order or they, they're short running. They have some products on the water. They don't know when it's going to come to Amazon. They stress out. Same thing, same thing. Like, you know, when I wake up my supplier or my, my office in China, they're sleeping and by the time you brush off like, you know, small things from your table, when it comes to sit down and work 1 or 2 p.m., you cannot really do planning. I think planning is like the most important thing right now, the inventory management and managing your money good. I think having a good visibility on your inventory uh, planning and supply chain is the key to success because so many people are working on a thin margins right now this year because of the, all the price increases. Um, I think that's the most important thing. I think managing your inventory, understanding, checking how much the keyword search volume increase or decrease compared to last year and what should be the this year's orders. I think that's very important to read in the data and connect the puzzles. So it's not anymore just keyword research. It's not only tracking the keyword performance. It's not only the cheap shipping, but I think it's time to like put everything together and put in the right SOP for your business. Okay. Now, if somebody wants to get more information from you, possibly reach out, you know, for a quote for, for shipping or for warehousing or other services you provide, how can they find you on the interwebs out there? Um, it's uh, forceget.com and sales at forceget.com. I normally used to, you know, wear my Forceget t-shirt, but this time I changed to sell and scale. So, yeah, so forceget.com, they can find us and we have free consultancy, 15 to 30 minutes for each, uh, you know, um, Helium 10 members as well as the podcast listeners. Uh, we love them all and we can do a free audit, especially the, you can send us the HS codes and we can give you 
alternatives if there's um, any in the in the custom system. Awesome, awesome. Well, I uh, look forward to seeing you at our uh, Helium 10 Social and Elite Workshop uh, that we have coming up. And then, of course, at, at future events. It's been great to have you on here, and we'll be seeing you soon. Thank you so much, Bradley, for having me here.